metaphors can serve a useful purpose. The primary function of a metaphor is to help us understand things by putting them into a context of something that we recognize and are familiar with. It works by connecting something that we might not know about or something we might not comprehend to something that we can relate to. We all use metaphors all the time without even noticing that we're using them. After all, many jokes and good comedy, and good comedy rely upon metaphors in order to make a point. But as Gertrude Stein wrote in her famous poem in the early 1900s, Sacred Emily, a rose is a rose is a rose is a rose, expressing the notion that things are what they are. Now you might be wondering why I opened this morning with this brief lesson in English, but I do so for a reason. On this Shabbat, which is just two days after Jews around the world marked Yom HaShoah, the day when we mourn the loss of six million of our people, one-third who were taken from us, I believe it is important for us to assert and to remind the world that the Holocaust is the Holocaust is the Holocaust. It stands alone as a unique event in human history and should not be used as a metaphor or a stand-in or a substitute reference for other events, things that we may oppose, and not even for other tragedies and atrocities. During the Holocaust, and even before the killings actually began, Nazis passed the Nuremberg Laws, and one of them required Jews to be identified by wearing a yellow badge. The yellow Star of David pinned to one's garment had to be visible to indicate so that all could see that the person was a Jew, and that therefore it was permissible to intimidate, to bully, to isolate, to discriminate, to mistreat, to abuse, and ultimately to murder them, for they were to be regarded as subhuman. Yet at anti-vaccine rallies and by those opposed to wearing masks to prevent the spread of the coronavirus, the yellow star has been invoked in demonstrations and protests across the globe, often coupled with subtle attempts to introduce anti-Semitic conspiracy theories about the origins of the pandemic it shows an ignorance, a lack of sensitivity, and a lack of understanding as to what the trauma of the Holocaust really was. The misuse of the imagery of the star is so pervasive that the Federation of Jewish Communities of the Czech Republic felt compelled to condemn, quote, the textbook abuse and relativizing of a Holocaust symbol that should be associated only with the suffering, the suffering of millions of people. The ADL, the Anti-Defamation League, has stated unequivocally, quote, the utilization of this type of Holocaust imagery wrongly compares the anti-Semitic, racist, misogynistic, xenophobic, and homophobic Nazi regime and its genocidal acts to current government measures to contain the pandemic. Comparing the two is not only an act of moral outrage, but also represents an attempt to downplay the enormity of the Holocaust. End quote. The metaphor of the Holocaust has also been invoked by anti-abortionists and other issues that people oppose. <clears throat> Politicians, activists, and other public figures often invoke inappropriate Holocaust comparisons in order to highlight the ostensible danger of whatever social or political act they want to call attention to. I've heard it invoked by those who stormed the Capitol on January 6th and by those who were alarmed and alarmed by the riot. 
The proliferation of the references risks trivializing what the Holocaust was. Let us never forget. It was state-sponsored mass murder, an attempt to wipe out and exterminate an entire people, our people, us. While history is filled with far too many instances of unjustifiable atrocities committed by and against other humans, the Holocaust stands apart in its singular goal to purify the world by ridding it of all traces of Jewish blood and of Jewish DNA. It was racial extermination taken to the extreme. Speaking at Yad Vashem, Israel's National Holocaust Memorial and Museum, this past Wednesday night, Israel's Prime Minister, Naftali Bennett, reminded us that, quote, the Holocaust is an unprecedented event in human history. His remarks are worth sharing with you because he said, quote, unfortunately, history is full of cruel world, wars, of brutal murders, and also of genocide. But it is usually a means designated to achieve a goal, some sort of expectation, whether it's military, political, economic, or religious, not to justify any of those, but the case of extermination of the Jews is different. He explained, never in any place or during any time has one people acted to destroy another in such a planned, systematic, and indifferent way, from a place of absolute ideology and not out of any sense or purpose of utilitarianism. The Nazi, not that that would justify it, but the Nazis did not kill Jews to take their jobs or their homes or their property, although they did all of that. The Nazis sought to hunt all Jews and to exterminate every last one of them. As Elie Wiesel reminded us, a Jew in the Holocaust had nowhere to escape, no way to surrender, nowhere to be expelled to, nor could one escape the terrible fate by conversion or changing one's behavior or religion. Nothing. Nothing could save them because the extermination was carried out based on if you were a Jew or even if you had one Jewish grandparent, regardless of how one acted. As Wiesel taught us, not every victim was a Jew, but every Jew was a victim or a potential victim. The Germans were relentless in their efforts. As Bennett said, in April of 1944, a special Gestapo team was sent to a distant hiking trails in the French Alps in order to capture and murder 20 Jewish children, just 20 Jewish children. And at the end of the war, Nazi Germany continued to exterminate Jews, even when it took away energy and resources from their effort to win the war. The other night, my son Noam told me that he went to hear a Holocaust survivor speak at a, Yad at a Yom HaShoah event held in Miami. And this week there, he heard the story of the murder of children just for no purpose. The Nazis were so unrelenting because the Holocaust is the ultimate absolute expression of thousands of years of anti-Semitism. As Prime Minister Bennett pointed out, it's a hatred for which there's no common de denominator and there is no reason just the belief that if only we would disappear, somehow problems would be solved. There were times in history when we Jews were slaughtered because we have different customs, be it that we eat kosher food or we observe Shabbat or we say prayers, or then there are Jews who stop doing all those things in order to blend in with everyone else, in order to assimilate. But even then, even then anti-Semites attacked Jews precisely because they assimilated into the environment and thereby defiled the pure race. The Jews are succeeding, 
That's a reason for anti-Semitism. The Jews are failing and poor, or re, uh, and are poor and rebellious. Another reason for anti-Semitism. The Jews are a landless people cut off from their land for generations. It's a reason to hate them. The Jews have established a successful and strong state. That's reason enough. Whatever it may be, none of these justifications, none of them are justifications for this kind of hatred. So whenever we're tempted to believe that we've entered, Naftali uh, Bennett said, whenever we are believed, tempted to believe that we've entered a new liberal modern era in which people no longer hold on to Jewish hatred, reality awakens us to the truth. As we've seen all too often just in the past couple of years here in America, the very place which is the beacon of democracy, of freedom, and of tolerance, and throughout the world, and the cesspool known as the United Nations as well. Then it concluded, what is the lesson? What should we do with this? And he said, clearly the answer is, the critical imperative is to stand up for our own faith. We have to rely upon ourselves to be strong and never to apologize for our very existence or for our success. For look at all that we as Jews have contributed to the world throughout the millennia. And yes, we are blessed and fortunate to have friends, to have allies. And while this is good and important, at the end of the day, the Jewish people, the state of Israel, must always be in charge of our own fate. And so he concludes, building the state of Israel, the Jewish state in the land of Israel, is our victory. It's our victory over those who sought to annihilate us. Israel's president, Isaac Herzog, at the same ceremony, Yad Vashem, called the state of Israel a lighthouse, a beacon, expressing the victory of light over darkness and promising that never again will a Jewish child hide in a dark and isolated cellar from those who want him dead. Never again will parents be torn apart from their children and sent on their final steps simply because they are Jews. And he said that the Jewish response to history is the injunction, Zahor, Remember, not just archival documents, not just to study it, but to have the kind of history that gives memory and to meaning and meaning, the kind that makes us grow, that helps us understand why it is that we are here and why we must continue to live. Our obligation to those voices which were still the six million voices. So we continue to build a nation, contribute to the world to make us a better people, a more determined and resolute nation and people. No event in history, cruel as it may have been, is comparable to the Holocaust. So it's not a time for comparisons or metaphors or misuse of those images. The extermination of Europe's Jews by the Nazis and their collaborators was a unique event. And we can only hope and pray, never again, may this kind of event never occur again. And may we be resolute in our determination to see through that. Let us say, Amen.